0: Hey there, tomorrow's leaders. So you're going to love today's guest. This is one of the most impressive guys I have met. His name is Mike Mamini. He runs a very successful investment consulting firm in San Diego in the top fraction of 1% of financial advisors in the entire industry. This guy knows what he's talking about, but more particularly, he has a formula for how he did it and i just love the topic of what we talked about. We talked about a lot of stuff, but delegation, which has been one of the most tougher tougher things for me and tougher things for i think most every leader out there, every business owner out there. And wow, did this make a ton of sense. I loved our conversation. I know you will too. And as he says at the end, just pick one of the things he says and implement it. I promise you, if you do that, you're going to find a big difference in your life and your business. But this podcast is actionable. Take notes, implement. Here you go. Here's Mike Mamini. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Larito, your host today with a fantastic guest. I've got Mike Mamini here with us. He's the owner of Mamini Company, which is a investment consulting firm based in San Diego that uh, specializes in pension consulting and high net worth clients. Mike and I got a chance to meet a few weeks back, or I guess a month or so back. Mike, great to have you on the show. Thank you, John. Yeah, great to uh, see you again. I know we had a nice uh, breakfast out in beautiful San Diego at uh, your country club. So it was a fantastic day. Great way to meet you.
1: Yeah, not a bad place,
0: right? <laughs> no, not a bad place. One of my favorite, I got to say. So, well, I'm glad uh, you could join us for this show, and I, I there's so much I want to ask you about. I know you've had uh, tremendous success in this industry, and this is a tough industry for listeners that don't really understand the financial services industry. It's very competitive. There's a lot of ways you can build your business, Mike. Um, you've built a business yourself that is in the top fraction of 1% of advisors in the industry, extremely successful. So obviously a lot to share with people. And I'd love to dive in because I know your business didn't always look like this. Obviously it's grown significantly and there were some really key things that helped you do that. So why don't you just take us through a little bit about what the turning points were, what some of the biggest contributors were. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the story?
1: Okay. uh... Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, I had a couple of big things that, that have really helped. One of them is we have a very specific target of audience and clientele that we work with. So it's really a niche market. So uh, that's helped tremendously over the years. It was very difficult to get here, right? Because most people don't do that in our business. They're very broad based. with lots of different clients and i just made a decision about 20 years ago that i wasn't going to do that i was really going to focus on just a couple select group of people that i thought we could provide great value to uh and we could also make a decent living and fortunately that worked Uh, the problem was it worked really well and so the business just grew and grew and grew and as it grew and grew and grew um at the time i was probably a one-man shop and you know since then we have grown to you know seven or eight employees but Uh, The problem is, as it grew, so did my time commitment to the business. Uh, And that just was a bummer, right? So I was working 50 or 60, 70 hours a week. It was great, but it was an awful lifestyle. Uh, So about 10 years ago, I hired a coach and went over my issues with him. And he said, look, how how do you delegate? And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Delegate? I will delegate. I do everything myself. Uh, He said, well, that's the problem. And so really... The two things that have really helped us is the, the just focusing on a very select group of people that we like to work with, and over and then over the last ten years, I've become a really, really, really good delegate.
0: So let me—I di- want to dive into the delegation a lot because that's a huge thing that people struggle with. Uh, every leader, every business owner, I think, struggles with at some point or another. Before we do, though, let me ask you a question about the niche because. There's also a lot of people that struggle with this they start a business and they feel like okay the the best thing I can do is appeal to the largest audience possible but you found that wasn't the case Tell us a little bit more about that like why why did that make such a big difference for you and why does that make sense
1: uh, well I mean one of the things it did is it, it allowed you to become an expert in a, with a specific group of people right instead of being especially in the financial services industry most people that do what I do, our generalists, they work with anybody that's breathing. Uh, and that just, I didn't think we could provide value. And I didn't want to compete extensively on price and that kind of stuff. So I figured if we could separate ourselves and just work, become an expert in a specific area. Uh, and, and if we were the perceived expert, you know, we still have to be sensitive and provide value. But I thought number one, we could provide value. And I also thought from a business standpoint, Uh, if we could focus like that, it would be much easier to grow and it would be easier to kind of multiply or, you know, we, we weren't recreating the wheel every time we got a new client. Yeah. Uh, So that was important. And without knowing that it also made the whole delegation process a lot easier.
0: Yeah. I'll bet. How far into it did you develop that niche? I mean, was it early, how early into your business and what would you recommend for business owners?
1: I mean, I started a long time ago. Uh, So the first 10 years in the business, I was what they would consider a disaster, uh, Mm -hmm. unsuccessful, (laughs) but I was just trying to do everything, right? So anything anybody wanted to do, I would be interested in it. And so probably 10 years into my career, I had a couple of clients in, in the niches that we work in. And I just said, you know what, I'm just gonna stay here and focus here. And we went backwards for a couple of years. You know, I mean, just to be honest, I mean, income went back, business went back, Mm -hmm. uh, but we kind of rebooted and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We just committed to it and said, you know, we're not going to work with everybody. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you fast forwarded five years later and we were in a really, really good position.
0: That's awesome. So going to delegation, you said that was one of the big things that kind of changed how you built your business and helped you grow. Um, Obviously, it is a big challenge for people. Do you remember what was the first thing that this coach had you kind of? let go of? And what was that like? And what did it do? It's
1: scary, right? When you have, when you delegate. Uh, but I'll just give you an example. So um, this is kind of where I started and kind of where we got to. So when I started, one of the things that my wife and I have always done is we've always been big vacation people. But vacation was it was great. But I also dreaded it. Because uh, if I went on vacation for two weeks, I'd come back to the office and I'd have, you know, 87 voicemails. I'd have a stack of paper this high of mail. I had to go through, you know, 3,150 emails I had to get through. Mm -hmm. It was a disaster, right, when I came back. Mm -hmm. But now I always say Tahiti in 2015. When I went to Tahiti for two weeks with my wife and two kids, uh, I came back. I had three voicemails, no mail, and like five emails, Wow, and so that's the difference, right? The first year I had it was a disaster, and five years later in 2015 I came back and I had nothing to do. In fact, I always joke. I remember that day because when I got back, I went to my office and literally had no mail, I had no voicemail, I had you know no emails, and that day at two o'clock I was golfing, and I just been on vacation two
0: weeks. That's Uh, unreal.
1: And that's delegating. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I mean, delegating is hard though, right? Because you have to, you're giving up something that you've always done Mm -hmm. and you have to allow somebody else to do it. So you have to empower them, trust them, give them guidance, all those kind of things. And it's hard. I gave up everything. I mean, I don't do, uh, the only thing I do now is client acquisition and relationship management. I don't know how to do most things. I don't know how to use Excel. I don't know how to use our client management system. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't do any paperwork. Uh, I don't answer the phone. Uh, if I get an email, I usually can forward it to somebody that could take the action. I just don't have to do it. So yeah. um, it took a long time. but over over, you know, the course of three or four years of a big commitment to to just getting stuff off my plate. and again, just creating a list of things that I don't
0: do. Mm-hmm. So that was so the first step for you. You created that list of the things that you don't want to do any anymore.
1: Yeah, so the, the, back to your question because you asked about the coach. So uh, one of the things that he said is, He just had me take my income. And let's just say at the time I was making $250,000 a year. That meant my time was worth somewhere north of a hundred dollars per hour. And so he just had me write down all the things that I do. And he said, okay, you answer the phone. Well, answering the phone is back in the day, it was a $15 an hour job. You could hire somebody for 15 bucks an hour to do that. Paperwork, okay, maybe that's a 30 or $40 an hour job, whatever, so he just had me segment what I did and put dollar values on it. And anything that was less than a hundred dollars, he said, just you get rid of it and tell your staff that what you're doing. And just, so I told my team that here it is, these are things that I'm not gonna do anymore. Who's gonna do them? If I'm not gonna do them, who wants these responsibilities? And it was spread out amongst the team, Uh, Mm -hmm. but they bought in because number one, I empowered them and I let them kind of own what they were gonna own and own what I was gonna delegate to them. and so it made it easy. But when you think about, I always joke with my wife because she'll go to Costco to buy gas, and she'll wait in line for forty-five minutes to save five cents an out, five cents a gallon. Right. right. And I said, "Honey, don't you, you don't you put any value in your time? Like you're spending forty-five minutes of message. you go right down the street. That's so true. Spend five cents more per gallon. You're only buying twenty gallons. That's a dollar. Right. So you're gonna save a dollar. to spend five minutes at
0: Costco." That's so true. She's like,
1: yeah, Mike, but it makes me feel good. She still does that, by the way, but yeah. uh, I couldn't funny. talk
0: about that one. <laughs> so I love that, though. You know, you got your team together and empowered them to choose what they wanted to do. What if you don't have a team? I mean, you got a lot of business owners out there that or maybe they only have one person that they have, because this, I think, is what goes through people's heads. It's gone through my head is, hey, I know how to do this task. I don't know or I don't think this person has the ability or is going to have the ability to do it. And again, this is just the normal thinking. It's just easier for me to continue doing it. How do you, if you have one person, is it that you got to hire other people or do you just take a chance and say, okay, I'm going to put this in this person's hand, trust them to do it, give them the guidance. I mean, how do you do it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you're, you know, and the coach always told me, I mean, one of the things he always said is he said, if you hire the right people, you never regret hiring them. Right, So, I mean, it's kind of, if you read uh, Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, you know, get the right people on the bus. And then also, when you get them on the bus, make sure you put them in the right seat. So, from a business standpoint, you know, I mean, I have all kinds of different uh, employees with different capacities. So, if I give somebody a a job or I delegate something to them and they don't have the mental capacity or whatever capacity they lack, then we're probably going to be unsuccessful. But I, I think if when you delegate, I think the first thing to do is just be clear and let people know what you want done uh, and let them know why you're delegating it to them. And so kind of empower them. Um, and then I think if you just set expectations and time frame. So if you give somebody a responsibility and say, hey, John, this is what I want you to do. Um, I know you could do it. I'm excited about you doing it. And today is Wednesday. Let's see if we can have it done by next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just let them know that, hey, I'm here. If you have questions or whatever, I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once they do that, then just encourage, empower, and pat them on the back. Uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, they, they at least my experience was people welcomed it. Uh, mm-hmm. I also asked my employees, what do you think I do that I shouldn't be doing? And they, they'll let you know they'll say oh mike you do this there's no reason why you should be doing that i know you've always done that and you like doing that but that's like 20 dollar an hour work yeah. you shouldn't be doing that if you just tell your people even if it's one person mm-hmm. uh, if you tell people what you're trying to accomplish and they respect you and you ask them that look what are some things that i currently do that you don't think i should do trust me they'll tell you uh yeah. and those were great they was great Cause they might say you do that and you know, I, I really want to do that, but you would never allow anybody else to do it. It's like, really? I didn't know that you really want to do that. It's like, yeah, like, you know, we have a newsletter that I always wrote and cause I was the only one that could write it. Cause no one could write it as good as I could. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I thought. Right. Yeah. Uh, and a couple people on my team said, I'd love to write the newsletter. It's like, really? Huh? Wow. Well, let's give it a shot. So you know it's Wednesday. How about I give you two weeks? You write it, and then they write, and I edit it. And we did that for six months. And then six months later, I'm not, I'm not even involved in it anymore.
0: It just thank wow. You. And that wouldn't have happened had they not said that to you. So that was something you just assumed. Hey, this is this is one of my key tasks. I got to do it. It's my unique ability. And but little did you know, you had somebody on your team that could do it as good. Exactly. Yeah, they they probably even do it better. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So and my guess is that also, I mean, you just think about what keep what attracts and keeps great people to a business. Like one of the biggest threats that most businesses have is they lose their great people. They're A players. Oh, sure. And and a big reason for that is they're not challenged or they don't feel like they're tapped into to do enough to reach their potential and really make that big of an impact. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, wow, you probably have noticed that. It's a better ability to attract higher quality people and keep them as well. Um, Not that you're, you know, not sometimes you're going to lose people, of course, but my guess is that just keeps your team much more engaged because they're doing more higher level tasks.
1: It's not only that, that's absolutely true. Uh, The other thing it does too is I think it just, uh, it it gives them authority on stuff, right? They just take ownership of stuff. Um, And so I think that makes them more, uh, I just think they like their work more if they mm-hmm. feel appreciated and they feel like they have authority over certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I think it all gets back to, I mean, you know, I always do these goofy little things my kids would always say, but it's true. And I always use that Jim Collins thing. I mean, you really do have to just evaluate who you have on your team. Uh, and sometimes they're not the right people. Yeah. And I think sometimes people uh, are just reluctant to make change. Look, I'm I'm the same. I mean, you know, it, I mean, you have relationships with employees, and they might have been with you for a long time. But I think if you're honest, sometimes uh, maybe they're maybe they belong on the bus, maybe they don't. But maybe if they do, they kind of should be in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, you know, and they, you know, like you just I mean, businesses just have that. I mean, I have a big team, but and we really mm-hmm. haven't had that problem. But yeah. I have certainly had to move some people around. And and to your point, I think when people get in the right seat just to use that again. Uh, mm-hmm. Then it's a seat that they're comfortable with. They know they have capacity. Yeah. They're willing to take on that challenge and they're willing to take ownership of whatever it is that you're delegating. It. Yeah. De-
0: well, and it's interesting because most, and, and I, I I know many business owners that have, that know they need to make a change with personnel, either a person that needs to get off the bus or move to a different seat and they've been hesitant to do it. And inevitably when they finally do it, the rest of the team's response is, well, it's about time. Like that was, (laughs) you know, long overdue. uh, Or the person themselves even says that. You know, yeah, you're totally right. You know, I I knew this coming, you know, I knew this was coming. So it's interesting. Sometimes it's just this mental block that we have about, you know, making the change that we need to sometimes.
1: Yeah, Uh, I mean, look, change is uncomfortable, right? I mean, everybody knows that. Nobody likes change, mm -hmm. Uh, but change can be very productive. Yeah. It, it's always, it's always uncomfortable. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, yeah. we're going through a little bit of change right now in my firm and, uh, you know, it was a little uncomfortable, but, uh, the expectation is when we come out the other side, it'll be better. Yeah, uh, exactly.
0: You know? uh-huh. And what so, is, yeah. are, are there times where, or were there times where this backfired, where you delegated either the wrong thing or you realized you went too far or too soon? What happened there?
1: Uh, you know, I, I, I I don't think I've had anything backfire. I've probably maybe delegated a little too much because it became kind of a uh, (laughs) session to get rid of stuff. So maybe I got rid of stuff too quick and people made mistakes, uh, but they weren't big mistakes. Uh, I mean, they were manageable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, I think if you have the right people and they make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. Uh, But again, I mean, you just think about, if you just think about it, if you think about what delegation is, it's to, to give control responsibility and authority to someone else that's a lot right yeah. i mean think about it. control responsibility and authority to mm-hmm. someone else mm-hmm. if it's something that you really enjoy doing but it's 25 an hour work that, and, and, i mean the reality is you shouldn't be doing it because you could be doing something more valuable right. so i don't think i've had anything anything backfire uh you know there's some growing pains when you through that delegation process but when you get to the other side again i mean you know i mean mm-hmm. now i work you know two and a half days a week and yeah you know when i'm not in the office and where I'm when i'm on vacation i don't call they don't call me mm-hmm. i know when i get back everything's done uh i don't have to worry about it you know i mean i don't on friday i golf every friday i don't go into the office Uh, I don't call the office. They don't call me. Obviously, clients call. Whatever stuff just gets done, and I don't even know about it anymore. I used to want to know everything that was going on. Um, I don't even ask anymore. I I, just I know it's getting handled. It's getting handled right. If if somebody is not sure, uh, then they'll let me know and say, "Hey, Mike, this might be a little bit over my head. Are you sure you want me to do this?" And and I'm typically it's like, "Yeah, I do want you to do
0: it." That's great. That's amazing. Well, you know, and I love that control responsibility and authority, which means that they've got decision making ability. I mean, in reality, so that's, so, so that's a big step too. It's one thing to give somebody control and Hey, you do this, but to make decisions in regard to everything that has to do with that, that's really stepping back and putting a lot of trust in that person.
1: Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's hard when you start, I mean, it is because you're, you know, like client correspondence, for instance, You know, it used to be I wanted to see everything before it went out.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Well, that's terribly ineffective. (laughs) I mean, it's it's micromanaging that person. And, you know, they're all adults and college educated. I mean, why, you know, however I write an email or a letter or whatever, I mean, my style is certainly different than everybody else's. And everybody else's is different than mine. It's not better. Mine's not better or worse, nor Mm -hmm. is theirs. It's just different. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's it's hard. The yeah. authority part is the hardest because uh you know you're really handing over ownership to somebody else, and, and it's something that you may have done for years.
0: Yeah, it's your baby. I mean, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is your your yeah. thing and your business and your something right you like you said, you've done for years, and now you're putting it entirely in somebody's hands. So you understand, you know, you could see why people struggle with it so much because it's just oh. such a mental hurdle to overcome. But You know, what I'm hearing you say is that was, it sounds like one of, if not the biggest game changers and aha moments that turned into a totally transformed business and life. I mean, to be able to go away for two weeks and come back and not skip a beat and then go golfing and, you know, the lifestyle that you have combined with still continued business growth. I mean, that's really everybody's dream. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, people listen to this will say, Yeah, yeah, well, I'm this business. I mean, in the last ten years, our business is it's done probably a three X, you know. I mean, yeah. that's a lot, right? I yeah. mean, just regardless of where it started, three X is still a, a good number from there. Yeah. Uh and I work less than I've not maybe less than I've ever worked, but I don't, you know, I work two and a half, three days a week. Yeah. Uh, and we can continue to grow in that stage. Right. Mm. So if you know, when I started, before I really committed to delegating, as the business grew, like I said at the very beginning, as the business grew, so did my hour commitment to the business.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Right, because I was doing everything, yeah. uh, and I didn't know how to delegate. And yeah. uh, now the business could continue to grow, mm-hmm. and my com- my time commitment to the business does, is not increasing. because so, I really only do I only do two things: I do client acquisition and relationship management of existing
0: clients. You that's just it. you just read my mind because that's what I was going to ask you. So, what is on your list that you do? So, everything related to client acquisition and client management is that what you said?
1: Yeah, and client management is really uh, just relationship building. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's really what my responsibility is. Yeah. Everything else is, I mean, I don't do, and quite honestly, I probably have forgotten how to do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's you know, in reality you've do you're doing the things that you're great at and that you love doing. My guess is that two and a half to three days of work you love. It's not like you're doing stuff that you don't enjoy.
1: No. And and yeah. I and again, to your point, I think my my employees are doing things that they enjoy. Yeah. Right. So I mean I always tell people, and and this is true for me and it's probably true for you, it's probably true for anybody that'll listen to this, is look, if you could do if you could if you have however many hours but if you can spend 80% of your time doing things that you really enjoy doing and that you're pretty competent at and the other 20% there's always 20% of crap that you have to do i mean even i do 20 there's still crap that i get involved with that i probably shouldn't but 80% of my time which is a lot is spent on stuff day to day that i really enjoy doing uh and I always tell everybody that that, you know, 20%, you just get this stuff comes up, somebody's out, whatever, whatever. You just have to do that. And that's but if that's the balance. I think that's a pretty good balance. Yeah, eighty that's pretty good.
0: That's incredible. And then, I mean, your quality of life has just got to have just in terms of your stress going down, your time to, to spend time with family and friends and do the things you love to do. I mean, my guess is your life 10 years ago versus how it is today. And everything uh, has changed dramatically in a positive It's way. a
1: lot yeah. it's a lot different.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: it is. But there are some things too. I mean, I know some other things that allow um, that allow you to be a good delegator. There are some things just from a business standpoint that I think you tr- you need to try to do. Um, and that we've I think we've been pretty successful doing. Um, one of them is just to systematize stuff right? Since we work with a niche client, uh, niche clientele, you know, I mean, um, uh, everything that we do is pretty standard. So we don't have a lot of one-offs, so stuff. So it's easier to delegate cause there's just not a lot of, we're doing the same thing over and over again for each different client. It might be a little bit different, but it's generally about the same. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, like I mentioned earlier is, you know, to get your team, even if your team is one, I mean, I've had this conversation with other people and they have like an administrative assistant or something. I'm like, look, you could delegate to that person. Just tell them what you're trying to do and ask them the same questions that I mentioned 10 minutes ago. What are some things that I currently do that you think I shouldn't be doing? And they'll tell you. Um, And then the other thing, just for two other things, just for office organization, uh, we also implemented, this helps a lot too. We also implemented just a three, uh, we call it a three week rule and all that is if a client calls and says, Hey, I, I really want to set an appointment. I need to see you whatever." if it's an emergency, then this rule be, will be violated. Uh, but just generally speaking, if a client calls and wants to have a meeting or they need us to go somewhere, whatever, uh, we always use the three week rule and it's, yeah, well, I mean, what is today? The 27th of July, you know, Mike's available the second week of August. And I may have nothing going on next week, but it doesn't matter. If I say, you know, oh, yeah, Mike's available on Friday, (laughs) then that used to which is what I used to do. That would just create chaos in the office because suddenly I would need everybody to drop everything. And I'm like, hey, we need to get this together by Friday, which is the day after tomorrow. Yeah. Versus Mike, how about August 10th? That's the first day Mike's available. Yeah. And when we started that, it was hard because my staff is like, Mike, there's no way clients are going to allow that. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if, if I call my dentist or my doctor, I mean, I can't get in tomorrow.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Why, can't, why, why are we on call all the time? Why yeah. not just, let's, see if, let's try it. See if it works. Right. And now and now it always works because now if a client calls, I mean, they don't call me to set an appointment because I don't do that. Yeah. But if they call my assistant or call my office, that's what they'll say. Oh, yeah. I know Mike likes to go out a couple of weeks. Is he available, like August tenth? Yeah, and then we're like, yeah, actually, August tenth works perfect.
0: Well, it's Uh interesting. I love that rule, and there, there is, you know, in reality, there's a perception in people's mind or misperception that the, the faster or more available you are, the less successful that you are. So, my guess is that also gives the right impression too. I mean, hey, if you're not booked, I know if I call somebody and they're not, they're not available for three weeks. My thought is okay. Well, they must be really successful. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's sometimes how our brain works. Uh, but I love your point about the chaos, too, because there are a lot of people that operate, and I'm one of them a lot of times. It's like, okay, let me just get, let us if we can do it in a week, let's do it in a week versus two or three. But I hear what you're saying, because it it keeps a good cadence for the business. It keeps a good cadence for your team. And that's a really important factor versus, okay, we're in sixth gear this week and second gear next week that's got to drive a team nuts in reality, trying to constantly adapt and adjust.
1: Yeah, Um, and then then, then the last thing is, um, I I think the other thing is, is, uh, you know, what's good for me is good for everybody else. So uh, we really try when people do go on vacation, staff goes on vacation, the expectation for them when they come back from vacation is the same for when I come back from vacation. So we all circle around and, you know, we try to make sure they don't have any mail, they don't have any emails, they don't have any voicemails. So everybody's participating in the same process um, because it's no good if I'm the only one that comes back and, you know, and it's great when I come back. But when they come back, they're like, oh, crap, I got, you know, I've got all these emails and this pile of paper and all these voicemails. So we do try to incorporate that for everybody when people are on vacation.
0: Yeah, Um, excellent. I like that. My guess is your team likes that. Yeah,
1: I think it's just more of a, it makes it more of a team effort,
0: yeah. Yeah, excellent. So what do you see down the road? What's your vision? Any uh, big plans and aspirations with the business in five ten years?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, in five or ten years, uh, hopefully, you know, I have a son that's younger and graduated from college, The, you know, hopefully he comes in and joins the firm and, firm continues to grow and uh you know instead of working two or three days a week i work one or two um and again maybe at that point i'm doing 95 of the stuff i really like to do so at that point i could work you know another 10 20 years and probably be really happy uh but you know then it's just making sure that all these processes that we have in place continue Uh, And I don't think, I I mean, I'm confident that that they will because I think, uh, you know, people see the benefit. And again, if everybody's doing the 80% of stuff that they like to do, I mean, you know, for employees, it is a job. I mean, I get that, right? They'd probably rather not work, but since they have to work, it's a pretty good environment. Uh, They all get paid. I pay really, really well. That's another thing I think is to compensate people, maybe a little above, just to make sure you get good quality people and you don't have turnover. Turnover's the killer. Mm -hmm. right because turnover is you know i mean it's 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 just like getting a new client it's way easier to keep a client that we currently have than to get a new one
0: right yeah
1: and and i think employees are the same if you have really good employees if you have to overpay them a little bit um i I just think that that just makes total sense yeah well the opposite doesn't make sense that continually i mean you know we all know guys or girls that we know that own businesses and they just always complain about turnover and turnover is either two things either People hate the working environment that they're in, or they're not being compensated fairly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. Any um, other uh, mistakes that you see business owners make, or financial advisors, or really any industry? Any other words of wisdom that cautionary words, or anything that you see people do that you know is ultimately slowing them down?
1: I mean, people don't want to change. I mean, so yeah. I think, you know, no one wants like, for instance, you're going to have how many people listen to this podcast. So I would say if you just think about what we talked about. I mean, we talked about, you know, standardize your process. Ask your staff for help. Create a list of things you're not going to do. The three-week rule. The vacation rules for all your staff. The making sure that you're doing work that's consistent with what it is you're getting paid. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you just need to figure out about what your hourly wage is if you were paid hourly. Uh, I would just tell people do one of them next week, mm-hmm. right? Because the easy thing is you listen to this, you're like, oh, that's great, all that. And then, you know, two weeks go by, three weeks go by. Next thing you know, it's freaking January and you are like, you haven't done anything and you're in the same mess. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Just, it's you know, take a baby step. Just do one. Say, mm-hmm. oh, you know, wh- whatever one of those. Uh, mm-hmm. And just know it's hard. I mean, it's, you know, delegating is hard because you have to trust the person that you're delegating to but i think people would be surprised Mm -hmm. uh, at at, at how much ownership people will take if Mm -hmm. they're empowered and they know you're you trust them Mm -hmm. i think uh, i don't think people make mistakes i just think people don't like to people don't like change and uh, but look if you're working too much and you're working too many hours your business is growing and you don't think your staff's fully engaged or whatever I, I would ask it just sit out with them and ask them say hey this simple question what mm-hmm. are some things that i do that you don't think i should do
0: mm-hmm.
1: people they'll tell you and you'll be shocked mm-hmm. i was i mean you know yeah. i, it, I and again i just think people don't like it's easy not to do anything but you know yeah. like, if i hadn't done anything and i would go on vacation and it'd be the same right i'd come back and it'd be a disaster it's almost mm-hmm. not even worth going on. i mean i hear people say that it's not even worth going on vacation
0: yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, this started with you hiring a coach that gave you advice that you implemented and took action on, and then you kept going and kept going, but you're right. You know, it's you, people listening to this podcast. It's 30 minutes of great, great stuff. Take one of these things and do something with it. Cause I, you know, I'm yeah. writing down a whole list of this stuff that I'm going to do as a result of our conversation. I think it's dynamite stuff and you're spot on. So thanks. Thanks yeah. for sharing all that. Yeah. That's, right been, that's been great. So, um, I know you, uh, you've you got your LinkedIn profile. I think you have a, your website. If people want to learn more about you, they want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: I'm going to just go to our website. Uh, it's just uh, mammini, M-A-M-M-I-N-I.com, W-W-W, I guess. I don't even know if you need that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, in fairness, yeah, I don't even know what our guy. website looks like because uh, uh, Gee, surprise, surprise, surprise. I'm not involved in it at all. I don't think I've looked at it in years. But apparently something <laughs> keeps up to date. And... And I don't even do my LinkedIn. Somebody sends out LinkedIn stuff. That's you know I have somebody in my office that sends out LinkedIn blurbs. You know I don't know I don't even know how often they do, but on some regular basis we send something out. That's right, man.
0: Op- if you said anything different, I would think okay, that's uh, you're 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 not delegating right. So that goes perfectly with what we talked about. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining, Mike. Honestly, this has been phenomenal, and uh, I'd love. I know we're, we're going to see each other hopefully in September at the. Wealth Management Forum, uh, I hope. Uh, If not, we'll see each other sometime when I'm out uh, your way. But this has been dynamite. Really appreciate it.
1: Right on. Thanks, John. You got it. And
0: thanks, everybody, for joining today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader. As always, make sure you like, subscribe, give a thumbs up, share. Always appreciate your comments and suggestions on future topics and future guests. Great ones like Mike here today. Make sure you uh, direct message me or give me a buzz. Email me with your suggestions and go down below, give a five-star review.